Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. We want to welcome you to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast, part of the Believe in Buzz Radio Networks, and you can always hear us on all podcast platforms, as well as the Buzz 2, 106.7 in Central Arkansas. So please like, rate, and review our podcast, and we're coming to you live as always from the Hyman Services Studios. I'm your host, Porter Hayes. Alongside me is Jacob Davis, and we're brought to you by Bet Online. And Bet Online remains your number one spot for the best sports wagering actions for 2022. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, down right to your baseball and NBA playoffs, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. And Bet Online is where the game starts. And tonight we are going live on Facebook. And we're, what a awesome time to announce and really introduce our newest sponsor arkansas brewing company in ozark arkansas you can find them at 201 south first street there in ozark arkansas and destiny and chris brockett wanted to become partners with us on this live so they will be from now on when we do any kind of live show we're planning on some really cool things for facebook and and during football season doing some post-game shows so it's really awesome for me to be able to support a, a hometown Ozark business that when I really started doing these podcasts this is what I really wanted to do is to really get people at and with COVID, you know, when everybody was doing takeout orders and, you know, these small businesses were struggling. So it really is close to me, means a lot to me personally that we were able to bring on them along with Shelby Taylor Trucking, all of our great sponsors. So First of all, we give a big shout out to all of our sponsors, but like I said, from here on out, all our live shows will be part of the Arkansas Brewing Company in Ozark, Arkansas. So, Jacob, we had uh, finally had some football again. It was uh, kind of a rainy, rainy Saturday, so they had to move things indoors and, you know, kind of give the fans and give the audience a little rundown of what you gathered from this, uh, I guess you can call it a glorified practice or, or you know, spring game, but. It just gets, you know, people excited to look forward to the next season. Yeah, so you you hit the uh, nail on the head, man. The So it was really interesting to kind of watch, uh, watch what the offense kind of looked like. Uh, the wide receivers kind of dropped too many balls throughout the scrimmage. Um, you also had uh, number five, Rocket Sanders, out there looking like a full-grown man. That's what uh, that's what you like to see. I and mean, he went off first carry of the scrimmage or whatever you want to call it or the practice. He goes 65 yards for a score. So the guy obviously shows that explosive ability. He's going to be a valuable asset to this team going forward in the fall, an exciting piece of this offense, something that, you know, you're, you really should be excited to have. Obviously, you have KJ Jefferson back. You have Jaden Hazelwood, a guy from OU that – was their leading receiver over there. Uh, I'm really excited about what he brings to the table, a guy that's real tall and rangy, kind of a uh, a Traylon Burks mold type of receiver. And then you saw Drew Sanders, a 
Alabama uh, Alabama linebacker that can roam sideline to sideline, and you see him chase down Malik Cornsby out of the backfield. Dude, it's a great time to uh, a great time to uh, look forward to next season and and kind of see what the Razorbacks are going to have going into twenty twenty two. Yeah, there was a lot of talk about you know the the transfer from Alabama, just how everybody just how he was really getting to the ball, how his angles and how quick he was getting to the you know the quarterback and the and the offensive side. So it's really going to be interesting to see. I mean how this plays out in gameplay because we know you know it's a lot different when you're on a field and in a real life game setting opposed to a scheduled practice you know but I think this you know a lot of people think that okay what is the spring game and it might not mean as much to the fans but in the day and age of this transfer portal I think it's very important that you have this because you're having this you're getting them reps you're getting them in some kind of game simulation where they can get adjusted to their new defense, their new offense, really get them in sync with who they're going to be instead of just run through drills and then, hey, come back and do your summer workouts and we'll see you in the fall. So I think it's really good to get you a head start of where you're going to be at on your defense and, and getting in that some kind of live action before you take a break, before you, you can come back before, I guess you can call it summer camp, fall camp. But it, it's really going to be – Interesting to see how this all gels, you know, your the Trey Knox and, you know, what he was saying about becoming a tight end. And really it seems like he's really accepting that role. And I think that's a lot when it comes to the maturity. He's maturing and really that's what you need out of players. Accepting what role that you're given and go with that. And let's see how that really plays out on the field of he coming a true tight end. Because, I mean, I think they – Quoted yeah. him saying he thinks he can make some serious money in the NFL being a tight end. So I'm excited to see how that plays out. Yeah, and he is a really good looking athlete at the tight end position. A guy that obviously he can catch the ball. He has a really big catch radius. Uh, he's he's pretty dependable outside of that one drop touchdown against Ole Miss earlier this season. I think that or or Auburn uh, a couple of seasons ago. I mean, he's been really he's really active. He's a good patch cast patcher. I can't even talk right now, but a uh, good, good catch, uh, pass good, catcher, uh, good receiver. There you go. Good, yeah, you man. I don't, even, I don't even why. I don't even know what I'm this struggling with right now. This happens when you go live. It's, so it's all right. But I haven't been able to talk about football in this podcast, and here we are, two weeks in a row, yep. getting to talk about the uh, sport I love the most. And and yeah, they're they're doing something really good up there on the hill. A lot of people, like John Neighbors, kind of, uh, you know, was kidding around. This team looks like a playoff team. It's just a glorified practice. Obviously, he was uh, a little extra there on uh, the tweeter on Saturday, but a lot of people came away impressed. And obviously, the the excitement there with with Rocket Sanders, a guy that everybody wanted to see. Everybody said, "Oh, he's going to be the greatest." And you're thinking, as a freshman, he can't. He, it's going. It's hard to get in the come in the SEC and just be a factor. And he was in quite a few games. Obviously, he flexed his muscles against uh, Texas early on last season. And then he had a couple of games here and there where he just looked great, especially going out of the uh, uh, into uh, the offseason with the Outback Bowl victory and him scoring two touchdowns there. Yeah, things are exciting, man. And and you really hope with the defense. The defensive side of the ball is where, you know, you'll see in the offseason that defense is going to be further, further than the offense. And that's what it was. I think I saw stats where, like, Malik Cornsby, obviously he had a couple of good throws. Receivers were dropping passes and stuff. But 
I really did enjoy watching uh, Malik Hornsby, his athletic ability, the escapability that he has, and him being able to go out and spread out wide and and play a little bit of receiver. The guy shows promise. The guy has wheels, and he could he could be effective and a very effective piece of this offense in twenty twenty two. A guy that can probably catch maybe 250, 300 yards and, and then run for 100, 200 yards and maybe pass for some yardage too. The guy is definitely an out athlete. You're going to have to, when you want to get your best athletes on the field all at one time, and and one of those guys being your backup quarterback, being like uh, running like a, what, a, a probably a sub 10, 100 meter dash. Yeah. Get your, get your speedy guys on the field. And and I wanted to pose this question to you. Do you think, you know, with them moving him out to wide receiver to get some reps, do you think that was a, like, he's that good, we need to get him on the field somewhere that way, you know, because he was thinking about transferring. So is this yeah. a part of, hey, well, we're, you know, you know you're going to be behind KJ this year, but we're willing to move you out to wide receiver or slot to really get you some touches to, you know, Get, get something out of him uh, that way he doesn't feel like, well, I'm not going to, I'm going to be sitting a whole nother year behind KJ. And in this era we live in where some people just don't want to do that, I, I'm, that's going to be another thing that's going to be interesting is because of with the, you know, quarterback room kind of as thin as it is when it comes to the talent, you're really right. going to need him to be ready to go. So I'm just wondering. Are they putting him out there in wide receiver just to kind of pease him or, or just to try to get something out of him? Like a, you know what, T.J. Hammonds was so versatile that they were just trying to find ways to get him the ball. And I think this is what's happening. But I, I don't know if this is a dangerous situation. I don't know if this is in 110% a smart move because when this right. comes to – this is the SEC, and if something happens to K.J., you know, if he's out there working wide receivers, I mean, I think he needs to be, you know, 100% in on being in that quarterback room. But then again, there could be those guys who can pull double duty and they can – He, who, what was that quarterback at, at Kentucky that he went out – he was a wide receiver. He ended up going to wide receiver in for the Packers. Didn't he come out of Kentucky? Yeah, Randall Cobb. That's who – okay. That's who he kind of reminds he's me He's a of. utility guy. Yeah, utility guy. So maybe he can yeah. pull that double duty. I just think, especially where this program's at, you know, they're, they're trending upwards so much. And if KJ goes down in an injury and then he has to step in and he's been kind of going 80-20 in between the wide receivers and the quarterbacks, I mean, how big of a drop-off compared to last year is that going to be next year if he is spending a little bit right. more time in the wide receiver room? Yeah, so – I think I think getting him the ball in, in any way is what uh, you know. You want to see the guy have success, and and you want to keep him happy. Is it is it playing him at receiver? Because you know we've heard the rumors throughout the past couple of years that oh Hornsby he just wants to be a quarterback. If if he's not going to be playing quarterback, he's not going to see the field. And and now we're seeing okay. Maybe the rumors aren't true. Maybe the guy actually does want to play play on the field wherever he can and, and get ready for 2023 because the guy is obviously talented and he has an arm. There was a ball that he threw right over the middle of the defense. I know it was in that scrimmage and he was playing against the second string defense, but the guy, he put it right on the money, right over the linebacker and in between the cornerbacks, uh, 
and, and and he looked pretty good. I mean, it looked like a throw that KJ Jefferson would make over the middle. And so the guy, the guy's working on his intermediate game, throwing the ball. But yeah, get your speediest, your fastest guy out on the field and get him, get him some yardage. I mean, the guy, anything to keep him happy. And if, if it's a Randall Cobb situation, so be it. Um, there was a guy, Lynn Bowden. Uh, they were talking about him, the guy that was at Kentucky. It's it's weird that uh, we were just talking about Randall Cobb being a utility guy, and then I forget about Lynn Bowden, the guy that really tore up Arkansas a couple seasons ago under Shad Morris. You remember the Kentucky guy that <laughs> – he, uh, he was a wide receiver, had never started a game at, uh, at quarterback except in high school, and he comes right in and just lights, uh, lights us up. Thank God Chad who, Morris who is didn't gone. Light people <laughs> those are, Chad those are bad mirrors. But why did, why did you have to bring that up? Who, who was that in this? It was in this comment. Let me, let me uh, Noah Thompson, do not bring that up again. <laughs> well, I mean, how about That's your, the your guys that you I cut? Like that. The, your guys that you cut come back and, and put it on you. I'd be yeah. more embarrassed about that. Not embarrassed. I was really cool to see, you know, Ty Story and just come yeah. in Western Kentucky, and, and that was the nail in the coffin for for that guy. You know, just have a guy that you wasn't going to give the time of day goes to Western Kentucky, and then another one was it Cole Kelly ends up winning the yeah. FCS Heisman. Did he win it twice? Did he win it again this year? He no, I think he was runner up last okay. year. He he won it but and he won then the runner up. But that's just crazy to yeah. show you, just whatever he touches, just. It turns into a turd, and then, you know, when he leaves, it's yeah. like he left his mark on Arkansas. Now look what happened, and and so, but yeah, so that wraps up. Okay, so what does the rest of the school year schedule look like for the the practice? Is that it, kind of wrapping it up until yeah summer so, camp? I mean, what what happens next with that? Yeah, so they have three three practices this week, and I think they're I think they're Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. I may be wrong, but they do have practice this week. Um, and then they'll wrap it up. They'll go into summer conditioning program for uh, with with uh, Coach Walker for the next couple of weeks or the next couple of months and into uh, fall camp. And fall camp, it'll probably start maybe mid-July, last week of July, because you obviously have the SEC media days. And so um, there, there's the transfer portal is going to be really happy right now. I think Pittman said in his uh, press conference on Saturday that he has three slots left. And he's wanting to maybe use him on uh, two defensive linemen and a wide receiver, a best player available. And so Devin Talley brings up this comment here, poses a question. He says, "Any chance we were able to get a John Ridgeway type of anchor in the portal?" Uh, I'll answer, and I'll let you answer in the next one. It, I mean, you have to have a guy like John Ridgeway enter the portal, and I haven't seen any, to be honest. I mean, there's no mammoths out there really they're all pretty much either going in or in the draft or or they're staying at their school an, an extra semester i mean we obviously might see some things maybe over the next week or two i'll keep an eye on but right now i really don't think there's anything out there uh defensive line wise that kind of mirrors uh what john ridgeway was but i bet they would go after another defensive tackle yeah and the, the board, deadline is two. what first week may the, the deadline for anybody to transfer out is what? For, yeah. Is it like the first week of May, second week of May? So, I mean, that time is right. it's coming up short. But, yeah, I think what happened with, you know, the Ridgeway situation, you just found that diamond in the rough, that one guy that really wanted to come in. And I think also you we're going to start seeing, you know, this NIL's really kicked in. So, I think that's really counteracted 
everybody just jumping to another school. I think that's been a right. big thing that's like, hold on, let, let's see what money we can get you here, or, or why are you not happy? Let's see what kind of deals we can work out before you just go give another school a chance. So I, I think there everybody's jumped to the portal. There's a lot of it going on, but you're not seeing, like, I guess if you would call it a draft class or a transfer portal class, it's not really been – as star-studded as we've had in the past. Or it's, you know, now that kids can leave halfway through a season and, and jump in the yeah. portal, it's been sprinkled on. But, yeah, it'd be nice to see them get some additions. I knew, I knew um, you know, Georgia had some offensive linemen leave out, but there was been some kind of off-the-field things about those guys. So I don't see them adding anything, you know, with those guys. But you, you know what's going to happen. And whenever they get these guys come in, if they're quality dudes – you've got the best three coaches that can really build them up and get them ready for the next level. And I think that's what I'm most excited for next year is the fact that what these kids have been wanting for so long at Arkansas is stability. They finally got a coach that wants to stick around and he's doing well. You finally got your yeah. coordinators that you can the, – the coach ain't even running off or they're going off to better jobs. You've got three guys who want to be here at Arkansas, and I think – you're going to see more guys stay at Arkansas and come in to Arkansas, and you're going to see a lot more stability when it comes to depth. You're going to see a lot more stability when it comes to talent on the field, depth chart. These guys that they might have not have played their all for a Chad Morris. You're going to see these guys be a totally different player than they have ever before because when you've got your top guys that believe in you, it makes a huge difference to your play on the field and yeah. your workout and practicing in the weight room. You want to be a better person overall when you got somebody who believes in you. Right. And it's like I said last week that your three was going to be huge at Arkansas if they could keep Bryles and Odom. And and Odom's the type of guy that he's already had his dream job, Porter. Mm-hmm. The guy went to his alma mater at Missouri and, and in four years got – pretty much let go and he did a really good job there. I mean, obviously the, he, he start he finished 25 and 25 overall, but the guys last two seasons were pretty good to Missouri standards. So what's, what's his future going to be? I mean, and then you obviously see Kendall Browse get attention every single year, just because based off the Browse name, it carries weight around the offensive community and people, people like him just because, okay, he's a Browse. He has tremendous offenses. We've seen what he's able to do with KJ Jefferson. He coached Robert Griffin the third, uh, a guy that that can can run an offense. I mean, you've seen what he does. He's a ground and pound guy, but then he obviously has a quarterback that's special and, and can develop talent. And if if these re- receivers can end up finding ways to catch the ball, Arkansas's offense, yeah, it may be run first oriented. But, you know, the play action, the K.J. Jefferson running over the middle, I mean, it, it, this is actually, I think we saw the happenings of a incredible offense starting about halfway, midway through the 2021 season. If the offense continues to progress that the way it is uh, to this point right now, I think you could have one of the more explosive offenses in the country, at least in the SEC, um, they, they're, man, our comments are blowing up. I'm going to read a couple, man. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you don't mind. Yeah. Let's answer some okay. questions. Okay. Uh, Brian Bolt guy out of the Texarkana. I played a little bit of basketball with him down there in Magnolia while I was at SAU guy says, I'm calling it now. Hornsby on the double pass this year. 
God. Is that Brian? <laughs> is that is that going to be passing or is it that is that going to be catching? Because, oh mercy! Because <laughs> uh, we we saw both uh, both ways this past season. Uh, and Corey seventy thousand fans says, uh, gasp uh, for air when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, your, your your boy cool. He says is he is too much of a weapon talking about Malik not to have him on the field, and I, I agree and with that. That's true. That is and true. And then uh, yeah, uh, Matt Watley says that he only help honestly playing receiver will still be useful knowledge at quarterback. Yeah, I can I can say I can see that. You got any thought on that? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean it's it, it's tough because we're in SEC. It, it's weird. I have a right. I just have a different feeling when you're trying to. If you we were a mediocre, lower end of the SEC team, maybe. But, you know, you're trying to position yourself to become one of the best programs in the SEC. You're trying to compete with an Alabama, yeah. Texas A&M. So you got to kind of if, – if, if you're having those kind of issues where you're having to put a guy at wide receiver – and we have seen this for the past three, four years, placing guys just to place them in spots because you need bodies there. And that has not worked out. And it's just, a, I guess it's a little PTSD kind of thing. You get scared of, are they doing that just to keep him here on campus instead of transferring? I don't know why I think that. That's just, right. that's my personal opinion on it. Um, I could be totally yeah. way off base on it, but it's still something to think about when with you're worried about recruiting the players that you have just as much as you're recruiting transfer players, freshmen, high school kids. So, but my the biggest thing is look we're we're wanting to win big boy football we're wanting to win against Bama we're wanting to beat Texas A and M year in year out Ole Miss Ole Miss is coming up you know and all and then you got the coaching change down there at, at LSU you know it ain't going to be too long before he gets that program so how many times right can you take advantage of LSU being down one year are are they going to you know have a down year trying to get adjusted and then all the talent that's in LSU so can you really afford to put him out there? Or you keep him in that quarterback room because you're going to need him for next year. It's it's like I said, it's just my right. thought, but I I don't think that you need to be toying with him, putting him out there in wide receiver just to have him. But like we said on last week's episode, that's the biggest concern I have is the wide receiver. If you're going to have that high powered offense, you got one of your running backs hurt right now. You can't afford to have another one, and you need that balance. So. That's going to be my biggest question mark going into the next season is how the wide receivers, how does does Trey Knox really step up in that tight end position? How does Hazelwood do? How does these kids coming in, these freshmen come in? And Because you need a deep burner. You need a guy that can get open on a third down, and you need a tight end that can catch the ball, especially in the end zone that cost them so many touchdowns last year. Yeah. Uh, Landon Jackson is also a guy that's going to come in from LSU – uh, he tore his ACL, so he's still in recovery, so he's not practicing. This is what Brian Bolt was asking. What are my thoughts on him? Uh, so Landon, he's obviously still healing up from an ACL injury. The guy's he's, he's buff. Like you look, you, you want an SEC offensive line or a defensive lineman, a, a stud. The guy's like six seven, probably at least two seventy. The guy just looks big and good uh and and the prototypical sec defensive lineman will he still have the uh explosibility if that's even a word yeah will he still be be able to be quick off the line does he still have that twitch we'll see i mean i'm sure we'll hear about it during uh 
during fall practices and and leading up in the season if Landon Jackson's going to get any run. Uh, I obviously, you, you think about the guy that they brought in from Georgia Tech and Jordan Dominic, a guy that you know he didn't really get after the quarterback, but that wasn't what Georgia's uh, Georgia Tech's uh, defensive philosophy was. There, it was a, they were a more of a bend don't break and and you know we're, we're not going to rush you. We're just going to kind of drop back and kind of say you beat us over the top. So the guy with Barry Odom, he's he's wanting to run more of an attack defense. Uh, they want to run more four-man fronts uh, like they did last year. Obviously, uh, uh, Barry Odom said last week in his press conference, he said that he wants to be able to have not just two de- uh, two le- linebackers on the field at one time. He wants to be able to rotate five or six guys. And so you've got guys like Drew Sanders and Bubba Poole who are going to be your hardcore, you know, the guys that you look after. And then uh, they said, uh, Sam Pittman, this past weekend, he said that the number three guy is going to be Chris Paul. Uh, Poopaw out of uh, out of Georgia, and you know any kind of Georgia guys are going to be dogs. And he's he's obviously as a redshirt freshman put a uh, uh, made himself in a role as the third linebacker, probably that's going to be on the field at times. So so the defense, man, as far as the uh, front seven, I, I think Arkansas is going to be pretty good on, especially uh, rushing the quarterback, because I think. I, I'm under the impression, Porter, that the defensive backs are going to be the deepest on the uh, deepest uh, group of players on this team. So, so I'm not really worried about them back there because they have the size and the speed out there. But we, I want to be able to see can they manage a uh, a pass rush, uh, a better one. I mean, they had one, a pretty good one last year, but can they make it better? I, I think the biggest thing too is. Outside Bryce Young, what quarterback really scares you this year in the SEC? I, I don't, I don't see any. I, I don't see that guy, you know, like the, the Ole Miss quarterback last year. Yeah, Bryce Young, you know Stetson Bennett, you know Georgia. You don't have those guys that you know in a year where you really want your defense to step up. That lack of yeah. talent in the quarterback in the SEC is really going to help because you're not going to have those guys getting out of the pocket and really causing mm-hmm. havoc. I mean, I don't – I mean, looking at the depth charts on these quarterbacks, I don't see those real dual-threat guys that are in the SEC this year that are top-notch yeah. that you're used to going up against. So that's going to be a big help when it comes to this defense of you're getting pressure. Uh, you know, we're, we're talk, looking at the, the Alabama game. Their O-line, I mean, I know he's a freak of nature. But Alabama's best defender was just making their offensive line look silly. They took him out because he was so good. Now, what red flags does that put up? Is that offensive line in Alabama taking a step back? You you don't know until you get into these positions. And I think with the continuity that Arkansas is setting, this presence, but they're also putting a target on their back that nobody's going to be taking them lightly anymore. So it's it's, now you're at that second phase of your program, all right? We're not sneaking up on anybody. Everybody knows when they play us, they're going to get a, be in a dogfight. And I'm really excited about this defense, and I think it, this is going to be the year where they're going to have to get out to the quarterback and get pressure. And having that lack of talent, I think, is going to help that situation. I mean, yeah, you look at up and down the schedule. I mean, Cincinnati's going to be breaking in a new quarterback. Missouri State. I mean, it was just with Bobby Vitrino. I don't, I don't think Rattler Arkansas will South Carolina. drop that game. Rattler at South Carolina, but – I mean, obviously, he came out of the woodworks this past weekend and said that the quarterback situation and, and, and that whole situation at OU was toxic. 
And, and whether we believe that or not, well, I mean, yeah, the guy it was because still, of him, though. <laughs> it was, he put up pedestrian numbers, I mean, last year. Uh, and, and with great offensive weapons. I mean, yeah, they weren't great offensively, but, I mean, Spencer Rattler, I mean, obviously he transferred for a reason. He's going to be the starter there at South Carolina. I mean, I mean, they brought in a lot of talent, but a lot of the same talent that was at OU is now at USC. So, I mean, I mean, South Carolina, sorry. Sorry, 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 Trojan fans. You, you aren't USC anymore. You're all Southern Cal. So, I mean, a lot of that off, the offensive weapons, you got their tight end, uh, I think a wide receiver from OU and another wide receiver from Arkansas State uh, moved over to uh, South Carolina for next season. I mean, obviously the, off, uh, the offense is going to be in transition uh, next year for South Carolina. And, and you look at it, besides Arkansas and Alabama, I mean, everybody else's offenses are what? I mean, maybe Mississippi State because they have that Will uh, Stevens. Is that what his name is? I can't, at Mississippi even, State. I can't even remember. I, didn't even, I don't pay attention. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think he returns. And so you look around the SEC, and, and there's not many returning starting quarterbacks. So, and I think that pays pays off for Arkansas, obviously, because Barry Odom can game plan around that, and yeah. it's shown what he can do uh, as a defensive coordinator. At so Arkansas we'll so we'll wrap up our football. We're we're about to hit a break here in a couple of minutes, but I really want to bring up you know the fact that. You know, Sam Pittman, after the, the spring game, did finally come out and say that they'd reached an agreement and, and on the yeah. contract. Okay, just I want you to – your opinion on it, and I'll give my take before we hit the break. But, I mean, I want to know, like, okay, why you thought it took as long as it did and, the you know, the timing of when they brought it out. What What is your take on the whole contract situation being – situated when it was and how it was handled. I can tell you why they, why they announced it on Saturday, but <laughs> I don't know why it took so long. I think a lot of it has to be with Jimmy Sexton, obviously as the agent and, and, I, and people bring up the whole thing of man, Jimmy, Jimmy Sexton must've been driving hundred year check. Crazy hundred year checks. Agent is freaking <laughs> uh, Jimmy Sexton. Uh, so, so, I mean, obviously he's hard to work, work with and I think it took so long just because they wanted to make sure everything was right and and to set up uh Arkansas in the long run for Sam Pittman so he doesn't lose the assistance. Yeah. To to make sure that every single thing that could benefit Sam Pittman moving forward would help Arkansas. And and second of all with with why did they announce it Saturday? Because they had a lot of freaking good recruits there. Yeah. Like five-star quarterback, a bunch of your offensive linemen, and it's telling them, hey, we've got Sam Pittman. He's going to be here for a long time, and Arkansas football is is basically going to have it, – it's got stability, more stability than 90% of the SEC in the country come play for Arkansas. That's why it was announced on Saturday. I think a lot of it they wanted to pay him but they needed to figure out how they could pay him and the assistants and make that all work. Maybe give him the same tenure, but yet the back end of his contracts more per year than the beginning. That way you could pay Sam and your two assistants top dollar and then say three years down the road, if they go elsewhere, you know, you're not having to match their salary to bring in somebody new to be your offensive defensive coordinator. But a lot of it is the peace of mind. I think that 
you know, he's letting everybody know, hey, I'm here to stay. And it, I guess what kind of struck me was just the nonchalantness of it. Like everybody other than those guys were acting like it was a big deal, you know. And so I don't know how to really take that when it comes to this is business. It's always going to be business. And like I said in, a few minutes ago, you know, it's big boy football. You know, it's it's a business deal now, and you got to handle things differently. So, yeah, he wants to stay here and be the coach, but yet he wants what's right by him as well. So, I mean, maybe there was some disagreements behind closed doors, but I, just in, in all in all, I think what a, the biggest part of it, and I'm sure the details are going to come out next week or the next two weeks, but I think he was trying to really figure out how he could get his money and, and yet keep the keep the assistants happy for the next couple of years. So that's why I was saying maybe we'll see, maybe his pay will increase in the back end of that contract. And we don't know what they say as long as he wants to be a coach. I mean, how long does that, you know, we've seen these lifetime contracts. So it's, it's weird seeing him get a lifetime contract, but that's where we're at with, you know, Coach Sam Pittman. And I think he deserves it. You know, he's, <laughs> he come into a dumpster fire, and has made not only a respectable program in the state of Arkansas, but to the SEC, to college football. University of Arkansas is a very well-respected program now. It's it's where it kind of used to be, and it's kind of where it needs to be. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. Order, and, and you're at at a national prominent. Uh, you've made this job nationally prominent again. ESPN's talking about you. All the big boys are talking about you, and it makes you feel really good as not only a coach, but you also make your Razorback fans very happy and looking forward to every single moment. Well, fans, that's going to do it for the first segment of the podcast. We're going to go on a little quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about the big sweep of the baseball. Anytime you sweep LSU, it's sweet. So we're going to talk about the sweep over – LSU, and then a huge softball series win over Kentucky and setting up the matchup with Florida next week. We'll be right back. Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in south-central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. Are you ready to tackle your to-do list without getting your hands dirty? Then it's time to call Heinemann Services in Springdale. Corey and his team specialize in A to Z home repair, in-home transformations, plumbing and dryer vent cleaning. Got a man cave? Heinemann Services can make it better. Got a she shed? They can make it better. Call today, 479 479- 347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. Or check them out online, HeinemannServices.com. That's H-I-N-D-M-A-N Services.com. Heinemann Services. Honeydews have never been so easy. McCoy Tiger Drug Store of Sheridan, Arkansas has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They're located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. Give them a call today at 870-942-5121. And Jacob, we're back on the next segment of the Hog Talk podcast. And I'll tell you what, when it comes to 
ranking what you want, who you want to beat. I think you could either go, depending on your what era you lived in or how old you are, you, it's kind of a toss-up between beating Texas at anything or beating LSU at anything. And especially in the baseball side of things, whenever you could beat LSU in a series – Especially with the states touching, there's a lot of people who are LSU fans, Arkansas fans, they live in the same town. So it's always sweet when you beat LSU. But when you get a sweep over LSU, that just makes everything so much better. And especially after the week that the baseball team had last weekend, for them to come out and get this sweep over LSU was a huge statement. And I think really showed that this team's ready to get back on track. Maybe they needed to be humbled a little bit against Florida and now it's back to business. Yeah, so, man, Connor Nolan, obviously he went out there and deal this past weekend, uh, and then you had the bats really going. Uh, I mean, they they didn't string as many uh, runners, on, or strain as many runners on base this weekend. A, a lot of the issues that they had against Florida, they kind of – kind of limited against LSU. And that's, that was a big reason why that uh, they came away with a victory. Uh, a, actually, it's not a victory, a sweep. And that's the first sweep they've had over LSU since 2011. So that even makes it better, makes it sweeter, because LSU's historically been a good baseball program, almost probably great baseball program, and a, a team that Arkansas fans love to hate. And I know there's a lot of people that say uh, LSU doesn't really – think of us as as a rival but you know outside of football basketball and baseball man arkansas and, and lsu kind of go at it and, and it's always like a back and forth affair each night arkansas plays lsu in any kind of sport besides football and, and it's fun to watch especially when you know your, your states are touching and and there's already like bad hatred amongst the uh, players too because a lot of the players that went to that come to Arkansas obviously got offers from from LSU because LSU is a prominent program nationally and a lot of the players at LSU probably received scholarship offers from Arkansas because Dave Van Horn wanted them and they have and every every single time you, you see these two teams play they give 100% max effort when they play each other and it always makes it fun because you you always say, man, it, it, it's fun to beat LSU because they all smell like corn dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I've heard. I've never actually went up there and sniffed an LSU fan because I don't know any personally. I don't want to know any of them personally. So, I mean, but it's always great to, uh, to whether it's at LSU or at home, being able to sweep. And that's the second sweep of the season in the SEC for Arkansas uh, baseball. Well, and yeah, you know, you had Connor Nolan. He got touched up a little bit, gave up three runs. So it wasn't like a dominant performance. And I think right. that it's one of those wins. You win 5-4 in that first game, and it wasn't just he comes out, throws seven perfect innings or six perfect innings, and they hold on for a lead. So, I mean, you're winning in ways that when it comes to the postseason, and we've seen that in the Super Regional last year, you had a team come in, they gave up a huge loss, and then they just switched their pitching around, and you couldn't touch them and ended up taking the series in your stadium. So I think, right. you know, having them win the way they do, the emergence of Hagen Smith, I mean, seven innings, no earned runs, struck out seven. And, of course, you know, Jackson Wiggins come in. You know, he gave up two earned runs, walked three, but struck out nine. So I think these guys are yeah. really starting to settle in. 
I think they're really starting to see that the light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to postseason play. And, you know, for a team like Arkansas, it's you're, you're the program. It's Omaha or bust when it comes to your expectations. You have this brand-new facility. Yeah. You've got top recruiting classes every year. So you're not going to make it to Omaha every year, but you're at that level where if you don't make it to Omaha, it's, almost, it's not a, a huge disappointment, but it's like – you're expected to be one of them programs there every single year in Omaha. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, shout out to Hagan Smith because he did win SEC Freshman of the Week too. No co? Uh, for his performance. No co? Yeah. Hold the co? No co. Okay. No co. No co. I always like going to uh, restaurants. You know, I want an <laughs> order of SEC Player of the Year. Hold the co. I love doing that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Arkansas, Van uh, uh, Hagan has really come along and. And that's what Chris Warhurst, his, uh, I think this is his nephew or cousin one, uh, former Razorback, uh, I think he's a walk-on receiver or, or safety. I can't really remember. But Chris, he texted me about three or four months ago, and he said, I'm telling you right now, my nephew, Hagan Smith, is going to go out there and do things this year. And I'm like, I know it's your nephew, Chris. You don't let's just wait. Let's see if he starts. And the dude comes out on Saturdays and starts right away. And the guys, he, he's proven himself uh, to be your, to be your Saturday night guy, the guy that you need and, and depend on it. And that really, if Jackson Wiggins become, can become a juggernaut, they're going to compete for the college world series. They're, they're going to be able to, to maybe get through regionals easily, get to the super regionals host. And all you need to do, if you can have a good pitcher on either night and vo- avoid the, the game three, if Arkansas can get into the the to the super regional in game two and, and sweep them, uh, and and a lot of that has to come down to to pitching. And I know Arkansas's bats are getting hotter, but pitching is what is really going to push Arkansas forward this season, Porter. That's what I believe, and they they've shown they've shown us all season long that. The pitching has been further along than the offense. Now, offense can start turning it on like they did this past weekend and, and avoid the letdowns like they did against Florida, which they 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 bat they batted well. They just stranded a lot of runs on base last week yeah. against Florida, and that was the decider deciding factor uh, in the series last week. But if they can if they can continue to hit the ball well and, and give us good pitching like they have been. Arkansas is not going to struggle to make it to Omaha this year. I mean, I think they had that letdown last year, and David Horn had that bad taste in his mouth by losing to uh, NC State, NC State yeah. last year in the Super Regionals. You just caught they, a hot that they team that was to, hot. Yeah, Super Regionals. That, that's that what happens when you get to that stage of uh, of ball. You you catch that hot team, and then that was hot at that yeah. moment because then they go to the College World Series and kind of laid an egg, you know. But – you know, they're sitting at 11-4, top of the West right now, three-game lead on Auburn. Yep. They got Texas A&M coming up 8-7 and seven in the conference. But, you know, you got Tennessee leading the, the East at 14-1 and one and Georgia at 9-6. and six. So, you still have that number two overall when it comes to the, the, the seedings right now. And some of these teams like Texas A&M, I mean, we're getting down to the point of the, the schedule where – you need to sweep some of these to keep that. And and, and it's kind of like what we mentioned right. with the softball game team last week is you're, you're not fighting for just a seeding in the tournament. You're fighting for that top eight national seed so you can, you're insured that you can host a super regional. 
and you got you know you're finishing up. You got Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Auburn, Vanderbilt, Alabama. So I mean, there's still plenty of baseball left, and you have a two game set Tuesday and Wednesday against Arkansas State. So there's plenty of baseball left to be played, but you're going to be almost forced at some of these series that if you're expected to sweep, you need to sweep. If you're expected yep. to win, you need to win because in the grand scheme of it, one, two games can cost you two, you know, and now you're fighting a three or four seed. Now, where does that put you nationally? That can be the difference between you're at eight or your RPI drops you down or the committee puts you at, at, at nine. Now, you're not, you, you get to host a regional, but you're very slim on now you get to host a super regional. So, you really need to be thinking about that. And I know that with how last year turned out, it didn't really matter because you, you played at home. But I really think it's important with the pitching that has finally come around and you've got three guys that you can count on getting you a win. And, yes, they've struggled at times, but that comes with the territory. We've been so blessed with Campbell and Knight and what Connor's been doing this year, you know, and Kevin Copps, that sometimes these pitchers are just human. They're going to slip up. They're not going to come out and go 13-1 and or 14-0 and or win every college baseball award there is in a single season. I mean, that's just – that's part of, you know, Razorback Nation being blessed with the pitching we've had. But now right. it's going to come to the point where the bats really got to step up. They got to get hits. You can't just count on – the home runs, you're going to really have to step up. And if you face pitching that they had, and I don't know, I mean, we're, we're talking about the quarterbacks that, you know, that are down in the SEC, you know, especially with Landon Sims going down for Mississippi State. You know, what what's the pitching like in the SEC? Is there those dominant pitchers of that staff, that one, two, three? I mean, outside of Tennessee, what is there that can really challenge Arkansas you know, pitching-wise, that can come around and hurt them when it comes to postseason play. You get that bad matchup with those lefties that can just sit there and spin it on you, and they've had trouble with left-handed pitching. So I think it's kind of very critical to really take advantage of these teams that you need to take care of business because when it comes down to Super Regionals, Regionals, you could be sitting at home while other teams are celebrating in Omaha. Yeah, and another thing that it will be – I will probably watching this week is Tennessee going to uh, – how are they going to do with Vitello off in the next four games? I mean, <clears throat> Arkansas – I mean, if, if you know, somehow uh, Tennessee slips up, Arkansas can potentially be tied with Tennessee overall in the SEC this week. That's if uh, they slip up against Florida. So, I mean, Arkansas's got to capitalize this weekend if uh, – and, and, and Georgia, man, they tennis or Texas A&M and Georgia played this past weekend, and, and I, I want to say I think I saw uh, Texas A&M beat in, by an ungodly score. Score was like twenty-seven to nine, twenty-one yeah. to nine. Uh, Texas A&M over Georgia, I believe. It was freaking stupid home run derby, freaking softball looking. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it was like church league softball is what it looked like. <laughs> or call some college baseball players playing church league softball is what it looked like uh, with Texas A&M and Georgia this past weekend. So, I mean, it, it was really weird. Like, well, he like, got he got tossed. How do, you, and, how do you do that? They won fifteen to four over Alabama. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I this, know. this team, you know, they. I'm looking at their schedule. They play Florida up next, which you know handled Arkansas. Yeah. So that's going to be a very interesting. And it's at Gainesville. Right. 
So, it's at Gainesville, yeah. That's what I'm going to be watching. I know we. it's weird how we keep on bringing up Tennessee baseball every time we talk about baseball, but it's coming to that. That's where they're at. They're that yeah. program that we want to watch out for. We hope that they get matched up in the SEC tournament against each other. You know, it's just what's happening. And plus, I mean, how can we not even forget that, you know, Vitello getting tossed and that move that he did and getting the four-game suspension, which – if you really look at it in, in all aspect of it, four games in baseballs, half a weekend. I mean, he, he yeah. just out of his, his midweek game, or he got out of the last game of the Alabama series. He's got out of the midweek game yep. in the first two games of Florida. So in the grand scheme of it, for what that is, he's kind of getting off kind of easy. Because yeah. you're not really, you're not, it's four games, but in football, that'd be a half a season, you know? In, right. in baseball, it's a weekend. So it's so it's like I hey, don't do that again. But I mean I don't know. It's it's weird. He did bump him, and you know that's one of them sports that you just emotions and you the coaches are kind of just allowed to go at a ump until it goes to that point. But sometimes when you're caught up in your emotions and stuff, now I think it'd have been different if he was swung on the guy. But right. still, he did put his body on him. So I mean I don't know. It, it to me it's it, they say four games, but I still think you know that's not really. It is four games, but yet you're you're kicking him out of the game against a team called Bellarmine. If if that's <laughs> how you pronounce this, it's um, Bellarmine. Bellarmine. Yeah, Bellarmine. Are they, are they even D one? I don't know. I, they might be <laughs> like a uh, bishop. I think it, there's up. bishop. I've Sycamore. never even heard of this. Team. I think they're playing Bishop Sycamore baseball team. You know that team. <laughs> I think that's who they're playing. Bishops. Bellarmine, in in in, in uh, let's see who Greek else Beller Bellarmine's played. But let's yeah, it's, I'm trying to. They played at, a D. They played a D one schedule. They're in the so SAC. they must be a, they're in the a team we just never heard of. Yeah. But anyways, we'll move on the, to the final, the, the final subject, and I'll tell you what, this softball team is very, 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 very good at softball. They had a hiccup in game two, went up 7 nothing, and you thought they were just going to run away with the series. You thought it was going to be a sweep. I mean, they – and then while I was doing – I mean, I look away from the TV and I come back and it's 7-7. Kentucky tied it up in game two and ended up winning 10-7. And then Arkansas in game three just said, all right, that's enough of it, and ended up run-ruling Kentucky 8 to nothing. So – and this was a top 15 matchup. This was no – you know, scrub. Kentucky was, you know, one of the top ranked teams in the East. So it, it's very, very crucial that Arkansas won this series because they're in the same boat as the baseball team. You know, you're looking at that RPI where they want to put you in the top eight, and you're at the point now there's there's not that many series left. They don't have the luxury of baseball where they've now they've got four or five series left. So they got a big, big matchup against Florida coming up this week and at Florida. And I'm telling you, Shanice Dels, man, she's took over that number one spot of the pitching, and she has just turned into a monster when it comes to you need that star-studded pitcher to get you two wins. She's really come through and, and really picked up some slack. And I think the biggest concern is, is this going to really – how is this going to carry over in, in, in postseason when you're really going to be needed to pitch two full games if the other pitchers in the lineup don't get, you know, the, the run support or 
get the ERA down. Uh, Mary Half got touched up a little bit again, and Shanice come in and, and one ended up winning the series for for Arkansas. But I mean, you want to talk about offense? This this offense, I think they've hit now fifty seven, fifty eight home runs on the year. Um, KB Sides has really been known for her speed, still in bases. I think she had two or three this weekend. Lenny Malkin and Daniel Gibson are kind of having their little Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire moment and having a little run at history and run at at the school season record, the career home run record. So it's been very exciting to go watch this team play this year, Jacob. And I'm really excited to see if they can finally, this is the year that they get over that hump and make it to Oklahoma City. And man, and I think I might even try to go catch a couple of games in Oklahoma City if they if they can get there, because man, can you imagine what that that stadium would be like just with Arkansas being there right across the border? That place would be an insane atmosphere. One of the, I mean, it's already one of the best, probably the best atmosphere I've ever seen uh, on TV. Just watching the College World Series, can you imagine the way Arkansas travels? I mean, Arkansas, I mean, it, you can be just a casual softball fan and and you just come out of the woodworks and you're just just freaking crazy. But, yeah, your your girl, Delcy, man, she has been – or Delce, she's been phenomenal. 11-2 and two on the season with a 2.45 ERA. And, I mean, she's, she's just been phenomenal. She's been exactly kind of what uh, Coach Diefel wanted out of the transfer portal. I mean, getting her from Tulsa. I mean, the girl's just been so much better. I mean, obviously, you you know, it is what it is over there in the AAC, uh, uh, pitching-wise and softball-wise. I mean, I don't know much about Tulsa, but they weren't very good the past couple of years, besides maybe back in 2017, 2016, something like that. They, uh, they had a pretty good season. But, I mean, she's been phenomenal at Arkansas. I mean, a lot of it has to do with, you know, how good the hitting's been this year. But she's been a surprise for to me because I thought Mary Half was going to be the starting end of the day for the softball team. But it's great to have two pitchers, even if one gets touched up, like you said. Yeah, the biggest thing that's really impressed me is just how quickly she picks things up. I mean, she'd never thrown a drop ball in her life. I admitted that. You know, right. high school, Tulsa, and then 10 pitches in, she's got a drop ball. Now they're working on another pitch that they said in one session she picked up. So, I mean, she's picking up these pitches. She's very humble. She's very shy when it comes to, you know, she don't want in the attention. She wants to go out there and do her job. And I think that's the, the biggest key when it comes to fitting Courtney Diefel's system. She wants to go out there and do her job, pitch, have fun, and go into the dugout and then celebrate with her team. And then act like it's no – it's like – She's been in Arkansas for four years, and she's got another year yeah. yet left. So, I mean, that's that's another one that could come back next year and, and really help this team out. But just how the bats have been coming alive, coming full circle, it's, it's crazy how we can pick out so many similarities between the softball team and the baseball program on what we need out of them. And we know with, with – how many times Arkansas has been to the Super Regionals in Omaha, and now Arkansas has been to a Super Regional. They haven't made Oklahoma City yet, but we know, and and watching the teams and watching other programs, what it's going to take for them to to finally make it to Oklahoma City. And if they keep pitching, if Shanice pitches the way she is, Mary, you know, gets out of her little funk, and they have a little one-two combo, and these bats keep on pouring in like they have because – I mean, that first game, we were expecting like a 14-10 game, and, 
you know how Bogle sets up. There was a breeze blowing in, yeah. so if anything was hit in the air, it was coming back in the field. I mean, there was a couple where the right fielder was camped right underneath the ball, and then it landed 10 feet in front of her because she had to run up and still come and miss the ball. And that, that was just how hard the wind was blowing. And when you see 2-1, you're like, oh, pitching duel. It was just the balls were not flying. And then that next game was just – it was a home run showcase in that second game of the series. And, you know, Arkansas jumped out to the big lead. You think it's over with. And then, again, like I said, game three, they're like, it's statement time. So, you know, they – like, again, they got a big series coming up against Florida. And then they'll finish off with, I believe, A&M in South Carolina. And then they'll go to Gainesville for the SEC – Oh, softball tournament. So, again, very excited about this team and what Courtney's done. The fan interaction, I want to give a shout-out to the fans. I mean, when we throw up things that the softball team's doing and just your reactions and you know, the likes, you know, I'm able to share that with, with the, the school and, and Coach Dyfel and the players, and they appreciate everything. They appreciate all the coverage that they're getting and all the coverage they deserve. So, I want to give a sh- huge thank you to all of our fans out there that – have really caught on to these teams and these programs that we talk about and and just being real, true Arkansas Razorback fans. Yeah, and this this team, this softball team, they're national championship caliber. Like, I don't really know what are. you think. I mean, this is probably one of the last things I'm going to ask you tonight. What do you think go into Gainesville? Do you think Arkansas has a shot to at least get the series victory this weekend? It's hard to bet against them right now, honestly. I'm just being – this is no home or take. It's it's hard to bet against this team because, one, they have not lost back-to-back games since the Super Regional. And if you want to talk about regular season, they haven't lost back-to-back games since Missouri last season. So they know how to win. They know how to win in all different games, you know, weather – Coming from behind, you think, you know, like I said, they had a 7-0 lead and Kentucky come back and won 10-7. The next day they could have come out just flat. No, we're going to make a statement when we're going to run rule you. You know, when you're right. run ruling a nationally ranked team and, and you beat them 2-1, I mean, you jumped out 7-0 on them. So two games in a row, you jumped out 7-0 on them. I mean, that just shows right. you the firepower that Arkansas has. I wouldn't yeah, be surprised if they lose. Yes, and I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe they lose because Florida's really good. Florida is a dang good softball team. So I wouldn't be surprised if they drop a game. I see them winning the series, but it's almost Jacob. Like I said, it's like these final three. You're you're only a game up on on Alabama. Let me pull up the the standings real quick. Um, you're only a few games up on Alabama for the overall softball. And again, when it comes to national seeding. You know, you you one game could cost you. Are you going to be a, a super regional host, or are you going to be, you know, hosting a regional and sitting on the outside and and going somewhere else when it comes to um, hosting a super regional? They're eleven and four. Bama's sitting at thirteen and five. Tennessee's eleven six, and Florida's eleven seven. So that tells you one through four is separated by three games with, I think, three or four series left. So, I mean, there's plenty There's plenty of softball to be left. So, that's Jacob, that's what I'm telling you. If, if Alabama sweeps and you drop a game to Florida, now you're in the loss column tied with Alabama. They're, you know, you're not yep. in the lead anymore. So, it's very important to get these. I, I hadn't looked at the schedule to see who Alabama plays or Tennessee plays, but 
I'm, it's very interesting to see how these final three series last and go. And I think I'm missing a series. Something's telling me I'm missing a, a series in between A&M and South Carolina. I might be totally wrong, but it, it's coming to, you know, it's winding down, the SEC series is. And I'm right. very excited for this team, and I really want to see them get to that point to where they make it to Oklahoma City. Yeah, and a big shout-out tonight before we get off here. Uh, I just want to thank everybody that uh, stayed on here, liked, comment, watched the watch the show. Uh, y'all are the backbone, obviously, of this of, of what we do here, and, and that's what we want to do. Uh, we'll try to – we're going to revamp some things uh, moving forward, uh, try to uh, do more live shows and get you all more engaged and involved uh, in, in every every single week. Uh, that we do this show, I mean, especially this summer with uh, things dying down, y'all are gonna, y'all are gonna be the backbone. So we, we expect y'all to be uh, uh, on our show a lot, commenting, and and hopefully uh, you appreciate us uh, back because we appreciate y'all so much. Also uh, appreciate our sponsors too, uh, every single one of them. Uh, they we we couldn't do it without them too. So uh, uh, also, I got a couple more things uh, real quick. We got the uh, Hog Talk message board on on Facebook. If you have any comments or anything, because there we have such a large number of interactions on our Facebook posts that it gets hard for us to uh, be able to to comment and, and make sure we catch everybody. This this message board kind of thing on Facebook. If you haven't uh, found it, I'll I'll post it here after the show. Get in there and, and and ask us questions. We'll we'll get back to you quicker than what we can on comments on posts. And we don't want you to feel like you're just lost or we we don't we don't want to interact with you because we do. Uh, you can you can get there uh, get it there. Also, uh, I think that's it. I think it was. I thought there was a couple of things, but I think that's all. Yep. Porter, wrap it up. Yep, we'll wrap it up. We're going to mention our other sponsors. You know, we've got Danny Wright there at Grinded Wright Stump Grinding in Elkins, Arkansas. Springtime's here. Got them trees in the way. You want to get those stumps grind up, you need to go call Danny Wright. You can also follow him on Facebook. He's got a Facebook page called Grind It Right Northwest Arkansas. Also, our sponsor is A-Plus Insurance in Ozark, Arkansas with Marcus Berry and Melinda Gregory. So definitely give them a call and get your insurance, all your home, uh, collision, auto, commercial needs. They're the ones to call you for your insurance. And, again, we're going to be doing this regularly. We love the interaction we've been getting, the feedback, the views. So we're going to keep this thing rolling. Again, when we get into football season, we're going to have some little special shows coming up where we might do some post-game live reactions from Arkansas Brewing Company in Ozark. So be looking forward to that. Throw us some ideas. Throw us some questions. Anything y'all want us to talk about and answer your questions, feel free. That's what we're, we're here for the fans, and we're here for y'all. So that will do it for Jacob Davis. I'm Porter Hayes, and we'll catch you next week.